for sure because uh, it's going to be good. Today we're going to continue to talk about being committed. I've been around some people that I thought should be committed. Actually, a real story is at one point when I was a child, my mom should have been. I'll never forget the day that my mom got me dressed up in a suit, got my sister dressed up in a dress, sat by the window, looking out the window, expecting Jesus to come with a 38 in her hand. What was her plans that day? I have no idea. Why do I tell you this? I have no idea. But I can tell you one thing. I'm very thankful for the foundation that she had that helped her through that moment of her life to bring her back to a reality of what was grounded in Christ. See, the foundation I got in my life came a lot from my parents. My dad, if he heard that there was a church having service, he didn't care where it was at. It could be 15 miles in the backwoods somewhere. That's the church he wanted to go to. And we would get there no matter what. I remember one time he was going to a church, this little church for revival. And the dirt road he was on was barely wide enough for one vehicle. And I'm this little kid and I'm looking over the edge and all I see is straight down from the car. And he's driving down this road, and I want you to know what I did was I got in the floor, and my foundation got deeper in Jesus because I was praying as a little kid. Oh, God, don't let us die. Ah. We went to a little church up in LJ called Happy Valley. Very small church. In fact, we got rooms in the back bigger than this church was. My dad loved to go to those kind of places. We never were really a part of one church, but we were a part of many churches. And the one thing that my dad gave me was this love and understanding of the importance of church. It's a great foundation. My dad taught me some other things about a foundation when it comes to work. Work smarter, not harder. I like that one. I like to be efficient. I like to be quick. I don't like to do uh, extra work that's not really needed. That's a foundation I got from my dad foundations we all have something that has that has touched us to create who we are to give us the character that we have and when we talk about foundations we talk about it in terms of values and we talk about it in terms of our our core beliefs and things of that nature but today we're going to take a little bit of a different turn because we're going to look at what jesus says is our foundation it's very interesting because oftentimes we miss exactly what he says. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 today. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be. This is at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. One of the greatest sermons that's ever been preached by one of the greatest preachers that's ever lived, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Who better to deliver a sermon than the one who is actually called the Word, who was there in the beginning to deliver a sermon, and you sit there and you listen to it. Man, that had to be awesome. You want to talk about great illustrations, great exegesis where he explained things. I mean, it was incredible. So he brings it all to a head right here at the end of chapter 7, verse 24. The Bible says at the end of chapter 7, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. What's wrong with that? I hope you were looking in your Bible, and I hope you realized that I missed something. Because we like to live, in fact, our, our churches are full this morning of people who like the verse to say exactly what I read. I'll read it again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against the, the house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. What's wrong with that? He, and, and what? And acts upon it. See, there are plenty of people who want to hear the Word, who want to hear preaching, who wants to listen to Christian music, but they don't want to do anything with it. They want the show of being a Christian. They want to, the experience of being in a room where it's talked about, but they don't want to do anything with it in their life. And let me tell you something. That has to do with your foundation. There's a lot of people that poured into my life as I was growing up. I have teachers who poured into my life. I have a coach, Coach Maxwell from Lumpkin County. Man, he touched me because when all the other kids would pick on me, he pulled me in and drew me close. He, he called me by the, the, my middle name, which is the only person in my entire life who's called me by my middle name except for one person in this room right now that I'm staring at. And she calls me by my middle name, and my middle name is William. He would call me William. And that was special to me because he was accepting of me. He poured into me a foundation. But can I tell you something? No matter how much we pour into someone, the real foundation has to do with what this right here says. And this is Jesus himself telling us what the real foundation is. See, we often think that the foundation is built on knowledge. But before we get there, let's look at the whole passage as it actually reads in Scripture, and then let's dissect it and, and look at this very closely. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Let's look at the comparisons here between these two people. Obviously, there's a wise man and there's a foolish man. They both had a dream. They both had a plan. They both wanted to build a house in this illustration. In Scripture, the word house actually can refer to several different things. A house, building of a house can be your own personal life, how you're building your house, your dreams, your, your goals, what you're doing with your life. It also can refer to a family. Building a house, which is your home, which is the people in your home. What kind of family are you going to have in building that? The scriptures can refer to that when it talks about a house. It can also talk about a ministry. It can talk about a church. How many times have you heard it called the house of God? It, the building of a house can refer to a church, to a ministry. It can also refer to a nation. There is the, the nation of Israel, which is the... the it was referred to as the house of God as well. That nation was important, that house of His people. So the house can refer to several different things. But today as we come, I want you to notice something very 
peculiar about this. They both had a dream. They both built a house. And when you looked at the house, you would think everything was fine. Don't miss that. They both had a, had a dream and a plan. They both built a house. And when you looked at it, you wouldn't tell that there was anything wrong with it. There are a lot of people today who, when you look at their home, when you look at their family, when you look at them individually, they'll look like they're okay. They're, they will look like everything is fine. But let me remind you that Psalm 127 verse 1 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless a house is founded and absolutely concretely centered on, on Christ and on God, then it is going to be in vain if it is tried to be built. Now this morning as we look at this, the commonality of there's two men building a house with a plan, with a dream. They have erected it and it looks good. Something else they have in common. A storm came along. A storm came and then we can see a difference. I want to talk just a moment about the foundation and I want to make sure that that you, you can follow along with me. So the very first thing that I want you to know today about the foundation is this. You start with the foundation. You start with the foundation, okay? You don't, you don't wait until the storm has come for you to build a foundation, right? You have to start with a foundation before you start building. We see two men here who they have actually built a house... One started on rock, one started on sand. I don't know about you, but if I was going to come over to your house during a storm, I would not want to come over to your house if it was built on, on sand. I think of sand. What do you normally think about when, when you hear the word sand? I know what I think about. The beach. Every time I've built a sand castle at the beach, you know what happens to it? It just washes away. There's been a few other uh, things that I have sculptured at the, the beach. I've, I've done a sea turtle before. By the way, that's not hard to do. Don't be impressed. It's just a pile of sand and you just make it look like a shell and stick a head on it. Hey, look, it's a sea turtle. Why? <laughs> but when the, the rain came, when the storms come, I guarantee you there is not one of my creations at the beach on sand that still exists. They're all gone. But you take something that's built out of rock and it stands the test of time. It stands for millennial. You know what blows me away is when you go to England, I've been over there before, and you'll walk into a church, and they'll tell you, this church is from 1600. I'm going, it's, it's, it's what? I mean, I go into a church, and if it's 100 year old, we're all going, dang, this church is old. You go to England, and there are churches that are thousands of years old. And why? Because they're built out of stone. Stone will stand the test of time when there's a strong foundation. So when we look at this, we have to understand you have to begin, you start with a foundation. Now, when it comes to, to understanding this foundation, it's not just simply reading the Bible or hearing the Bible or singing a song. Listen very carefully to me. It's not simply about coming to church you can come to church and be a fool. Can I say that again? You can come to church and be a fool. You can be born again and be a fool. Because here's the difference. If you look, the foundation is built on what you do with what you hear, not what you hear. 
See, if you simply just listen and you say a few amens, you go out the door and it does nothing to you and changes nothing about your life, that's a problem. Because you're building your life on the sand. Now, you may be wondering, well, uh, Pastor, isn't it just good to hear some stuff and I can live my life however, and then when bad things happen, I'll, I'll run to God. Yeah, if you want to be a fool. I, hey, I didn't write this. Jesus did, okay? So if you want to get mad, don't get mad at Clyde. Get mad at Jesus. He's the one who said that it's just like this. He said, verse 26, Everyone who hears these words of mine... Now, who's the preacher? Jesus. Who is the greatest preacher that's ever lived? Jesus. Who is delivering this message? Jesus. And he says, Every one of you who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. See, church is not simply about coming and checking off a list and saying, well, I've done my Christian thing for the week. It is about coming and being changed. When you get into God's Word, it's not simply about reading something and checking it off your list. Well, I've done my duty for the day. No, it's about reading something and then going, God, what do you want me to do with this? How do I put this into my life? The problem is we have too many Christians who, who are just stagnant in what they do and they're okay just to show up, say amen, and go home and live however they want and think that they're okay. Now, salvation-wise, they may be. They may, they may know Christ, but I can tell you this. When the real, the real story will be told when a storm hits their life. When a storm hits their life, it's going to become very clear. See, both of these men got the Bible. Both of these men got the word. Both of these men heard the word. But one did something different than the other in this illustration that Jesus gives us. The rock. The rock is like faith in action. When it says, he will be like a man whose, whose house is founded on the rock. I am reminded in Matthew chapter 16, if you want to just flip over just a little bit, Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus has taken his disciples to a very special place called Caesarea Philippi, a place where there's all this worship. And if, if there's a God to be worshipped, it's going to be found in Caesarea Philippi. In fact, it's named Caesarea Philippi because Caesar was also believed to be worshipped. So this is a place of worship. It is a place where they worship uh, Baal and the gates of Hades was there. And I am absolutely convinced Jesus was standing right there and right behind Jesus when he looked at Peter and, and the disciples and he asked this question, who do, you, who do people say that I am? And they began to say, well, some say that you're Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. And then Jesus breaks it down. He says, well, who do you say that I am? Peter says, well, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus replies, and he says, you are right, Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, right behind him, they would be looking at the gates of Hades. And he is saying, upon this confession that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, the church will be built upon that rock. That's the foundation. A church that's built on anything else is built on sand. If Jesus isn't at the center of the church, if Jesus is not the cornerstone of the church, that church is built by man. And a church built by man will fall. You will always see it when the storms come. The church will crumble. When a church is centered around people, it will crumble. Because God will bring it back to the reality of what the foundation needs to be, and that is Him. 
the rock that Jesus speaks of here, I am absolutely convinced, is the confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He was the Messiah. Upon that rock, the church would be built. And the gates of Hades would not prevail against it, would not shake it, would not change it, because that's the foundation. And the reality about storms is this, and foundations. A foundation cannot hide once the storm arrives. The foundation of your life will not be able to stay hidden when storms hit your life. When things come rushing in, it's going to become very evident and clear what your foundation really is. Now, some of you may say, well, I don't want to be one of those people that the house falls. I'm glad you feel that way because here's the truth that Jesus is getting across to us. You have to be building the foundation before the storm comes because once the storm gets there, it's too late to start building a foundation. What will happen is the house will crumble and then you can rebuild your foundation and build your house anew. But hear me clearly. The foundation is not based on how much you know. It's based on how much you do with what you know. That's where this foundation is, is, is erected from. Again, I'm going to go back to Matthew chapter 7. Read it one more time so you can clearly hear it. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Understand, number one, it's important to hear God's word. It's important to be in God's word. That has got to be our foundation for our, our worldview, how we see things, how we think about things. But we have got to act upon that which God tells us in his word. We have to do something with it. When we do... When the rains fall and the floods come and the winds blow and they slam against our house, yet our house will not fall. I don't know if you ever had one of these, these devices when you were growing up as a kid. I remember one Christmas, I wanted one so bad. Did anybody ever get one of those little boxing things? You know, it was really heavy on the bottom and it kind of stood up and you could hit it and it bounced down and it'd come back up. Chad, you... you, you, you a weeble wobble, all right, a weeble wobble, all right. I was too young to even know what, what it was called. But when you had one of those weeble wobbles, you could slap that thing real hard, and what would it do? Smack, boing. It just popped right back up, right? I had one of those when I was a kid. It didn't matter what. You, you could pick that sucker up, throw him up against the wall. I'm not saying I did that. But if you picked him up and threw him up against the wall, bang, boing, he'd pop right back up. Why would he pop right back up? Even though he was beat like that, it was because of his foundation. His foundation was strong, it was heavy, and it created such a base that no matter what was inflicted upon that weeble wobble, you called it, it was going to pop right back up. The only way to mess up a weeble wobble was to destroy the base. And according to what Jesus said... When Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, the Savior, is your base, then the gates of Hades cannot do anything against that. Now, what does it mean if you confess that about Jesus? Well, I'll tell you. It means that He's in control. Look at, look at the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, if you will. 
He is saying, anyone who hears these words of mine, what words? The Sermon on the Mount, the teachings that he had there about the the law, about fasting, about prayer, about hypocrisy, about forgiveness, about murder, about lust, even about coming completely spiritually bankrupt, knowing that you have nothing to offer, asking for forgiveness, asking him to take over. You know, God... I, I can't do this without you. All these things are in the Sermon on the Mount. And he finished it in his conclusion. says, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them and acts upon them, does something with it, they'll be like a house built upon a rock. Now when I read this description of what happens, and the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against the house, you know what I think about? A hurricane. Anybody here ever been through a hurricane? She has. Miss Benna has. I, no, I, I see some hurricanes back there. I've never been through a hurricane. Closest I ever got to a hurricane is when it comes through this area after it's weaker than when it is on, on the coast. But the closest I want, the closest I want to get to a hurricane is watching, watching that news guy out there. Yeah, it's all really windy out here now. I think the wind's blowing 110 miles per hour. I don't understand those people. Why do they do that? I really think they need to go see a doctor myself. But when you look at these storms, they are beating and they are bringing rain. They are bringing floods. They are bringing wind. And they bring destruction. But the house that's built upon the rock, Jesus says, will stand. See, your life is going to encounter some storms. Your life is going to encounter things that is going to bombard you. The reality is, as we look here at these two foundations, the family looked good. The house looked good. The team looked good. The ministry looked good. The nation looked good until there was a storm. And at that point, it became clear who was the wise, who was the fool. I urge you today, do not wait until the storm comes for you to figure out your foundation. It will be too late. Now is the time, today is the day, to commit to a strong foundation. Tony Evans actually defines wisdom this way. Wisdom is your ability and decision to apply spiritual truths to life's reality. Wisdom is your ability and decision to apply spiritual truths to life's realities. In other words, what he's saying is, is when you look at your life and things are going on, God isn't the last thing you consult. He's the first thing you consult. And what he says about it is what you do. See, that's the difference between someone who's wise and someone who's foolish. Because there is an essence that if you, you know that if you do it God's way, God's got your back. God makes it clear in Scripture that when you follow after Him, He's going to have your back. So when we do it His way, we act upon it. We are following through with what His Word has said. We cannot wait until there's a storm to build a foundation. The disciples in chapter 8, there's a story that that is mentioned in, in chapter 8, verse 23 of Matthew about when they got into a boat and they're crossing over to the other side and a great storm comes up. And Jesus is asleep in the boat on a pillow. Mark chapter 4 has the same story at the very end of it. And Jesus is asleep in the boat on a pillow. 
if you lay down, if you put your head on a pillow, you didn't accidentally fall asleep. I mean, it's not one of these. Jesus didn't just fall asleep. He intentionally went to sleep and the storm came. Why could he sleep through the storm? Because he understood God had called him to go to the other side and they were going to the other side. And he believed and totally trusted that they were getting to the other side. But what did all the disciples do? Jesus, Jesus, do you not care? We're about to die. We're going to perish. Come on, Jesus. Help us. Let me tell you something. Their foundation hadn't been built fully yet. They had some doubts. They had some fear. It's okay if we have doubts and fear and, and, and we can realize that our foundation needs to be shored up. But here's the principle I don't want you to miss today. If you want a stronger foundation in your life for when the storms come that you know that you'll be able to make it through with a little more courage, then bank it. Go to the bank with it. You obey what God has said and your foundation will be stronger. You can come and study about soteriology if you want during our foundations class. We, we can talk about all kinds of stuff with big words. We can look at the, the original language and we can parse some stuff in there. That's all theological terms and seminary terms. But at the end of the day, if you do nothing with it, then you walk away walking on sand. Jesus declares we need to follow through with what He has said. I want us to jump to James, James chapter 1. Because as we get into what must I do, we need to start with what God says on every subject. On every subject. Finances, start with God. Marriage, start with God. Having a family, start with God. Being a father, start with God. Being a student, start with God. Being an employee, start with God. Issues and troubles that's coming your way, start with God. Start with what God says. Pastor, I don't know that God says anything about the situation I'm in. Let me tell you. God will either address it specifically or give you a principle from the Scriptures because I am absolutely convinced that this is basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. You got an issue, you can find something here that has to do with it. You start with what God has said about it. Everything comes under the umbrella of Him first. You don't go consulting everybody else and then grab some sprinkles of Jesus and just sprinkle on top so it looks good. You start with Jesus. Then if somebody else gives you some advice and it don't line up with Jesus, you understand. You go, yep, that's not right. Start with Jesus. Start with what God has said. There's a great great hymn that says on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground thank you on Christ the solid rock I stand all All other ground is sinking sand. And let me clarify, the sinking sand is just hearing and doing nothing with it. Because this is your second point of what, what you must do today. James chapter, 20, chapter 1 verse 21. James chapter 1 verse 21. Therefore, 
putting aside some filthiness and a little bit of wickedness. Why y'all laughing? Y'all don't like my version? Hey, listen. What I just gave you was man's wisdom. Now let's listen to what God says about it. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility. How many of you just love humility? In humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves hearers of the word, so that when you get to heaven, God will say, Well thought, my good and faithful servant. I'm glad you knew that. That is not what it says, is it? It says very clearly here, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers, who delude themselves. <laughs> uh, can I break that down for you? Those who just listen and do nothing with it, Jesus called them a fool. You are fooling yourself to think that you're benefiting if all you do is listen. you got to do something with it. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of a person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So not only do we start with God, what God says on every subject, we do what God says on every subject. We don't base our actions on the popularity of the people or the laws of the land. Because I can tell you what people say will be contrary to what this says. Because our flesh walks in opposition to the Spirit. So here's what I'm bringing to you today. You know, we can, we can say a lot about our foundation. We can look at organizations with great foundations. We can try to implant character into people's lives. But character is worthless if they do nothing with it. The real foundation is founded in doing what God has asked of us to do. Here's your seven-day challenge this week. I am making an assumption with this challenge. I am making an assumption that you're listening to the Word of God, that you're reading the Word of God, you're in the Bible somehow. So here's the question I want you to ask yourself. What action am I going to take based on what I just heard? on what I just read. What am I going to do with what I just learned, what I just read, what I just heard? How do I put it to action in my life? I promise you, I guarantee you, you can take it to the bank 100% guarantee that if you will do what God has said after you read it and you will follow through, your foundation will be strong and sure. How can I be so certain of that? Number one, Jesus said it. I mean, come on. Can you get better than that? Jesus said it, so I have a pretty good suspicion that it's going to hold true. But number two, I've seen that happen in my life. The Word of God calls us to persevere, to be faithful. The Word of God calls us to serve. The Word of God calls us to do a lot of things that our flesh does not want to do. 
But when we hear from God and we do something with it, we are building our life, our families, our ministries, our nation, our communities on a solid foundation. And that, my friend, will stand the test of time. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that clearly lets us know that if we will do what you have asked, our foundation will be strong. Let us not just simply look at this and go, oh, our foundation is just based on the Bible. Lord, just having a Bible or believing that the Bible's got good words in it is not a strong foundation. According to Christ, we hear from you and we follow through. Lord, let us hear from you and let us follow through whether we're comfortable or whether we're not, whether we feel like it's going to lead to a, a great outcome or a bad outcome, let it simply be obedience. Obedience is sufficient in itself. It's very clear in Scripture. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Father, let us lean into this, grab hold of this idea that if we want a strong foundation in our life, then we need to begin, start with obeying what your word says about every area of our life. Help our minds, our worldview, our values align with yours. And help us do what you've asked us to do. It's not simply about what would Jesus do. It really matters about what we will do with what Jesus has said. Help us, Father, build a strong foundation based on obedience and following after you in your ways rather than ours. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.